This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. And we do appreciate those of you that are watching at this time, and especially if you may be watching today for the very first time. Almost weekly, actually almost daily, we hear from people who tell us that they have just seen the telecast for the very first time, and that is encouraging. We appreciate those who watch every time we're on the air. Continue to watch today as we're going to be discussing this subject from the book of Acts, the first Gentile convert. You may wonder, what does that really, what's all that about? Well, you stay tuned. We'll discuss it today. Now, on Getting to Know Your Bible, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course. I would like to emphasize that it is free. We'd like for each and every one of you to have it. And I want to, to know that anything that you see offered on Getting to Know Your Bible is free. The course is free. If you should request a CD of one of the lessons, that's free. We don't charge for that. You say, well, wh why would you do that? Why, why would you not try to, to sell it? Well, because only thing we're interested in is getting the message about Jesus out to other people. We're just concerned that people get to know the Bible. So we don't charge for it. We want you to have it in order that you might know more about the Bible course, that you might know how you can receive this free course. Let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm going to be reading now from the 10th chapter of Acts, beginning in verse 1, and we'll read just the first few verses of this chapter. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment, a, de a devout man, one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. We'll stop our reading there just temporarily. I want us to observe this about the book of Acts. The, the book of Acts is a book that contains examples of Bible conversions. That is, it contains examples of what people did in the first century 
to become Christians. The very first example would be in the second chapter of Acts, the day of Pentecost, when Peter preached the first gospel sermon under the Worldwide Commission, and, and there were about 3,000 people baptized that day. Another example of conversion would be in the 8th uh, chapter of Acts, when uh, Philip went down to Samaria and he preached Christ, and in verse 12 of that chapter, there were those that were baptized. Also in the 8th chapter is the example of the conversion of the man from Ethiopia, and Philip went and preached Christ to him, according to verse 35. And after preaching Christ to him, he was baptized. Then in the ninth chapter of Acts, we have the example of Saul of Tarsus, the man who later was known as the Apostle Paul. And he was on his way to, uh, to Damascus with the authority to put men and women into prison if they called themselves Christians. And the Lord appeared to him, and he, he asked, what, Lord, what would you have me to do? And he was told to go into the city, and it would be told him what to do. And a man by the name of, of Ananias told him to be baptized, and he was baptized. Then we have another example of conversion in the 16th chapter of Acts, actually two. There was the example of Lydia and her household. Paul found them down by the riverside, and they were praying. And then he taught Lydia and her household and they were baptized. And also in the 16th chapter of, of Acts, we have Paul and Silas in prison now before, because they had been preaching Christ. And there was an earthquake, and the jailer was about to take his life, and Paul told him not to do that because they had not escaped from the prison, and he asked him, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And he was told to believe on the Lord because, you see, he was a pagan. That'd be the very first thing you'd tell a pagan. Believe on the Lord and you'll be saved. And then Paul taught him because faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. And after teaching him about Jesus, he and his household were baptized. And then in the 18th chapter of Acts is the example of the Corinthians. Paul wrote two letters to the church at Corinth. But we read about their conversion in the 18th chapter of Acts, and it's a very brief one in verse 8. Many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, were baptized. But now the example of conversion that, that we're interested in today is the one that is found in the 10th chapter of Acts, and it is the example of the conversion of a man by the name of Cornelius. Cornelius was a Gentile. I'd like for us to note some very interesting things about him. First of all, think about Cornelius as a man. He was a Gentile. And he was also an Italian. And he was a soldier. He was a centurion. Uh, he was a centurion of what was called the Italian band or the Italian regiment. Cornelius also was a man who feared God, if you'll notice in verse 2, a God-fearing man. 
He was also a man who prayed to God always. He is a man who gave much alms to the people. But if you'll notice down in the 22nd verse, he was a man of good report or good reputation among the people. Also in verse 22, he is referred to as a just man. You'd be hard-pressed to find a, a better man than the man named Cornelius. By all human standards, we would say he was a good man. But in the fifth verse, he saw in a vision about the ninth hour, the angel of the Lord, and he told him that his prayers and his, and his alms had come up as a memorial before God. And he was told in verse 5 to send men to Joppa and to, to call for one by the name of Simon or Peter. And uh, he would tell them what uh, you must do, if you'll notice in verse 6. He will tell you what you must do. You see, men need to know what to do in order to be right with the Lord. And in Romans the 10th chapter, uh, Paul said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him of, in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Men have to be told what to do. That is, they have to be instructed by the word of God. And so uh, Cornelius was told to send for these men. Now, if we'll continue looking in the text here in Acts chapter 10, and when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a, a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. And so when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near to the city, Peter was, on the was up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Now that's in verse number nine. So here's Peter on the housetop. Now in verse 10, he became very hungry and wanted to eat. Well, while they made ready, he fell into a trance. And what he saw was, in verse 11, the heavens open, And an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descending to him and let down to the earth. And in it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, birds of the air. And there was a voice that said to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Now notice Peter's response, Not so, Lord, for I've never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times, and, and the object was taken up into heaven again. And while Peter wondered within himself what this, what this vision which he had seen meant, in other words, he didn't understand what this meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. 
And they called and asked whether Simon, whose name was Peter, was lodging there. And so he was told that whatever God has cleansed, you're not to call that uncommon or unclean. So far as the Jews were concerned, the, the Gentile world was unclean. Peter was being taught a lesson that you do not pick and choose who is fit to be saved. For the truth of the matter is all men have the right to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ, regardless of where they live, regardless of the color of their skin, regardless of their economic status, their social status, they have a right to hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. And it took this miracle to convince Peter that the Gentiles needed to hear about the Lord Jesus. Well, look in verse 17. While Peter wondered within himself what this meant, well, the, uh, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry, and they called and asked for for uh, Simon, whose surname was Peter, and while Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Rise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. I have sent them. And then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, I am he whom you seek. What reason have you come? And they said, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was, listen to it now, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. And, and then he invited them in and lodged them. And on the next day, Peter went away with them and some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the following day, they entered Caesarea. Now, Cornelius, listen to this, was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and his close friends. You see, while they were waiting for Peter to come to his home, Cornelius got busy. He gathered together all of his family all of his friends, just suppose we had been Cornelius. What would we have done? Well, then there's the message that was preached. Let's take up our reading at that point. He said he invited them in and, and uh, lodged the next day. That's in verse 23. And Peter now is it with at, at the house of Cornelius in verse 24. And verse 25, And Peter coming in, and as he was coming in, Cornelius met him, fell down at his feet, and worshipped him. And Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up. I myself am also a man. Peter was just a man. He was not to be worshipped. And as he talked with them, he went in and found many who had come together. And he said to them, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation? 
That was just taboo. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked then, for what reason have you sent for me? For what reason have you sent for me? So now Cornelius is going to explain, beginning in verse 30. And Cornelius said four days ago, I was fasting unto this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing, and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard. Your prayer has been heard. And your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa, and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He's lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner of the sea. And when he comes... He will speak to you. He will speak to you. You say, well, I wonder what he was praying for. You know that, what he, that for which he prayed when you observe the answer to the prayer. The answer to the prayer was to have someone to speak to him about salvation. And so he was praying for that. And so I sent to you immediately and you have done well to come. Now therefore we're all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. And then Peter opened his mouth and said, listen to this, this is so powerful. In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel preaching peace through Jesus Christ. Listen to this now. He is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. He's preaching the death of Jesus now. Verse 40. Whom God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets Witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. So here in this instance, we have Peter coming to the house of Cornelius and Peter opens his mouth and he begins to preach. And he preaches, first of all, that we have the right to be saved, that all people have that right, that God doesn't show partiality. He preaches that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus went about doing good, that Jesus was hanged on a tree that is on the cross, 
that Jesus was raised from the dead. And he also preaches that they were commissioned to preach the message about a risen Lord to all mankind. That's the message that Peter preached. I want us to continue to read beginning here in verse number uh, 43, 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word. And all those of the circumcision, that's the Jews, but which believed were astonished. And as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Also. Notice that. For, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Here's the magnification in this story. As he was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell on them, verse 44. Verse 45 says that he fell on them like he did on the Jews on the day of Pentecost. He said it fell on the Gentiles also. Well, what does that mean? Well, if you look over in the 11th chapter of Acts, and began to, in verse 15, Peter now in chapter 11 is back in Jerusalem and, he, and he's having to explain to his Jewish brethren what happened at the house of Cornelius. Now verse 15, And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them as, as upon us at the beginning, just like it did on the apostles on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them, that's the Gentiles, the same gift as he gave us, that's the Jews, when we believed on the Lord, who was I that I could withstand God? As Peter's preaching, the Holy Spirit fell on the house of Cornelius, verse 44. And there was a, it was a like gift, a similar gift to that which they was, the apostles received on the day of Pentecost. The, 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 the apostles were baptized with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. You read about that in the first four verses of Acts chapter 2. As a result, the apostles were endowed with uh, uh, the power to perform miracles. The apostles also spoke in tongues, Acts chapter 2, verse 4 through 7. Those were not ecstatic utterances, but they were actual languages. On that occasion, the people asked, how, we, how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? But Cornelius and his household also spoke in tongues. What was the purpose of Cornelius and his household being baptized with the Holy Spirit and being able to speak in tongues? Well, the answer is found in chapter 11 and verse 18. When they heard these things, they became silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. You see, there is the, the, the Gentiles receive the baptismal measure of the Holy Spirit in order that the Jews might know 
that the Gentiles had a right to the gospel just as did they. And after Acts chapter 10, there is no example anywhere in the New Testament of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There are only two instances of it, and today there is one baptism, and that is baptism in water that is in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Matthew 28, 19, that is for the remission of sins. But here was the mandate. I want you to look in verses 47 and 48. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water, that these should not be baptized, who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? Now there's the question. Can any man forbid water? Can any man forbid water? Someone remarked recently that the baptism that today is spirit baptism and it's not water baptism. Peter didn't know that. Because he asked, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized? Now notice verse 48. Here's the mandate. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord and then they asked him to stay a few days. Baptized in the name of the Lord. Isn't that what he told the people on the day of Pentecost? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. He preached the exact same message to Cornelius and his household and his household and Cornelius were baptized. This is an example, an example of the first Gentile convert. First person gave his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I would urge you to do the same. In the closing moments today, I would like to give you a personal invitation to attend the services of the Church of Christ in your community. If you need help locating that, the, the church, please call us and we will give you an address. Also, in the closing moments, may I take this opportunity to encourage you to pick up the telephone now and to call for the free Bible correspondence course. Uh, we have people telling us constantly that this is the best thing that they've ever done for themselves. To order the Bible course, which is free, study it, it increases their knowledge of God and the Bible. I want to thank you for watching today, and until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, 
Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles. <laughs>